Well, I want to welcome you here today. Today is a great day. I mean, we can come, and just like that song, we serve a risen Savior. And, uh, you know, today we do celebrate Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that Christ came for. He came to die for our sins, but he also come to be resurrected so that we also can have eternal life through him. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to look at this morning. I've entitled our message, Why Do You Seek the Living Among the Dead? And that is what Mary and them was, was doing when they went to the tomb. They thought that they was going to find a body. They didn't know what kind of shape that body was going to be in. They didn't know anything about what was going to happen. But they, they had gathered up their spices and their frankincense and their myrrh and, and, myrrh and was going to uh, fix Jesus' body. And then they was wondering also, how are we going to roll that stone away? There were just some ladies. You know, and I've always why didn't any of the disciples, the men, go with the ladies to see Jesus? But it was just those ladies. They had followed Jesus. They had cared for Jesus. They had done things for Jesus. They had been with him. Actually, I, sometimes you almost think that the women were more devoted to Jesus than some of the disciples were. The way they took care of Jesus. The way they watched over him. And... Uh, they were the ones that were going to go take care of the body. And I can imagine what they must have been thinking. He'd been in this tomb three days. <clears throat> Look at the shape his body was in whenever he was buried or brought to the tomb. I mean, Jesus was a mess. He had taken all of them lashes, the, that cat of nine tails. They said that, that that cat of nine tails was, you know, like, like on the tips of it, had like pieces of rock, bone, and different things. They said that it opened up Jesus' back that you could see his insides. I don't know how man lived through that, except that was God's will, that he lived through that. But Jesus suffered very severely and you know why? People say, why did he have to suffer so much? Because he suffered in our place. So we wouldn't have to. He took it upon himself. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew what he was going to go through. He knew how bad it was going to be. But yet, his love for us was so strong that he was going to do what he had to do for our salvation so that we could have eternal life and forgiveness. He was reconciling us back to God. We had sinned so much in our lives that we were separated from God. We wasn't close to God. And that's why Jesus came, is to reconcile us back so we could be in the very presence of God himself. And the only way we could be reconciled back was have our sins forgiven. Because God cannot and will not look upon sin. And we were full of it. And I think some of us 
are still on today. But you know, we've still got the same opportunity that these men had back when Jesus was walking the earth. We can say yes to Jesus and ask him to come into our lives to forgive us. Your sin is gone. It's clean. You're whole. You're pure. And all we have to do is ask and look at all he went through to provide our salvation for us. But I want to read... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to read uh, out of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. This is where the women go to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body and they've got a real surprise for them when they get there. It says, Now, upon the first day of the week, which was Sunday, very early in the morning they came to the sepulcher bringing the spices, frankincense, myrrh, whatever they had, which they had prepared, and then certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed or confused about where is, the, where is he at? They're about, behold, two men, which were angels, stood in, in shining garments. And as they, the women, were afraid, when they saw these men, they bowed their faces to the earth. And the angel said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Praise God. And then the angel said unto the women, He says, Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying to you, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. See, Jesus had told the disciples and he had told many that he must die. He had to go and be put in the hands of men. And something else he said, If I be raised up, draw all men unto me. He's talking about raised up on the cross. He was looking at Moses back then when Moses raised the serpent up and did the healing for the people. But he said, I must be raised up and I will draw all men unto me. I have salvation for them if they will receive me. And then on the third day, Jesus, this is just this is what the angel says. And then on the third day, I will rise again. And they, the women, remembered his words. After the angels reminded them, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him saying that. It just kind of slipped my mind for a moment. He told the disciples and he told the women. And evidently, either they wasn't paying attention or they wasn't believing it. You know, when you come back in here and you tell somebody, yeah, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again the third day. You kind of, oh, man, 
hear what he's saying? Listen to this. No, people were very skeptical. But Jesus was telling the truth. He said, I will, without doubt, without hesitation, without any problem, I will rise on the third day. Many people ask, what was about the third day? What was the third day important? They believed after the third day, the man's spirit died. That spirit would hang around until the third day, trying to that body. But after the third day, that spirit would leave. And back in that desert times over there, the humidity and everything, the body would decay pretty fast. That way the people knew that that person was dead. So Jesus waited three days. Look, he even waited a little longer than that when he went to raise Lazarus, didn't he? Why? For the very same reason. He wanted the people to know Lazarus was truly dead. Because he had been in that grave about days. And they knew that that spirit of Lazarus was no longer around. It could not enter back into Lazarus' body. That Lazarus was truly, truly dead. And then that's when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. People knew that Lazarus Jesus performed a miracle to show them the power of Almighty God. He was showing them the power of Almighty God when he rose. When he rose, he was showing them, my God is with me. Just as our God walks with us daily, he was walking with Jesus. He, he knew that Jesus was going to rise again. You know, this had been planned for so long before it ever happened. There was no doubt in God's mind, there was no doubt in Christ's mind, he would rise again on the third day just as he said he would. Just as he said he would. And it said, uh, they, the women remembered the words, and they returned from the scripture and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. They went back, they told the disciples, and all that were there, Jesus has risen, just like he said he would. He is not there. And people said, and we wonder, you know, of course, to say the disciples sold somebody. Stolen the, I mean, excuse me, the Romans stolen the body. And showed, no, he's not, he hadn't risen. Here he is, right? Still dead. And knew that they were truly had died. These Roman guards knew it. Boy, I'll tell you what, when these angels left, those Roman guards, 
these Roman guards were even, even paid a lot of money to say that the disciples stole the body. It's just in the Bible. To say that the disciples stole the body. No. The Holy Spirit showed up to Jesus. Get up. It's the third day. Jesus got up and he got off of that off that slab. And they women, when they went into the tomb, they inspected the death that Jesus had on. You know, he was, they usually wrapped them in, in uh, strips of linen and different things. They said that linen was thin there, just like the body had come right up through it. It was just still laying. And so the body was in it, except it was empty. Jesus just came right through it. They saw all that. They knew that the body was gone. Something. And the angels then told them, said, Why are you looking for the dead? He is not here. He. And then that's when they went and told the disciples, Hey, Jesus is not in the tomb, Jesus has risen. Just as he said he would do. You know, Isaiah the prophet also tells us that the physical appearance of Jesus was so disfigured by his enemy's torture that he was just beyond recognition. Can you imagine? It said that when Jesus was there, they said they pulled out his beard. So you can imagine how swollen and bloodied his face must have been. All those lashes opening up his body, everything that he went through, he could not have looked normal. No way. He went through so much. If we can believe what Jesus went through, and he did it, just think about it. He did it for you. He did it for me because of his love for us. In Isaiah 52, 14, listen to what, now, okay, this here was a long time before this happened. This was like about six, seven hundred years before this took place. This has been prophesied in the Bible. This was already said, this is going to happen. This is going to take place. Listen to what Isaiah prophesied. As many was astonished at him, or they couldn't believe what he looked like and still alive. His image was so marred. He probably didn't even look human. More than any man, and his form more than the sons of man. They said that even when Isaiah prophesied this, he says, he was beyond recognition. He went through so much. He went through so much pain. He went through so much torture because of us. Because of us. You know, Luke tells us that the women who had followed Jesus during his ministry watched. They followed to see where Jesus was put. And they could come back later, and then they could properly take care of Jesus' body. That's where they would put spices, and everything, and they would, they were in sacks, and they would place these around Jesus' body. 
to help preserve that body. The smell, the decaying, helped to get rid of that. But they were going to take care of Jesus' body. They probably come back, washed it, cleaned it up. That's what they had planned to do. Do y'all realize that, 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 that when Joseph got the body and took it to his grave, to his tomb, it said that they took like over a hundred pounds of spices and ointments. And since Jesus was crucified on a Friday, the next day was Saturday which was then, back then, the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, you could do nothing. You could do no work. You could not do anything. So, these women had to wait till the following morning, which was a Sunday morning, to take care of Jesus' body. And two, all four Gospels tell us that they went to the tomb very early that morning, probably before daylight. They was going very early. They wanted to take care of Jesus' body before other people got out and started coming around and messing around. They wanted to get things done. <clears throat> and Mark's gospel tells us, like I said a while ago, Mark's gospel tells us that as they were walking to the tomb, they were talking among themselves, asking, well, wait a minute, who is going to remove the stone? Who's going to remove this stone? I don't know if these women could have removed it or not because sometimes they took two, three, four men to roll that stone back out of the entranceway so that you would go into the tomb. <clears throat> but to the women's surprise, when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. I wonder who rolled that stone away. Most people think it was angels when they came and went in the tomb. Do you realize, we do not realize the power and the strength of one angel. Well, there was two of them here. They say in the Bible that angels are a very large creation. They're huge. And this reminds me, uh, uh, you know, when Renee Oran was in the hospital, I was visiting. The family was there. I think they went to eat. We was talking. And she said, Bill, I want to tell you something. I said, okay. She said, I don't know if, ever, if anybody else would believe me or not, but I think you would. Two angels in here this morning standing at the foot of my bed. And she said, Bill, they were huge. They were very large. I said, Renee, I believe that. I believe the angels were here. Angels came to comfort you. It's all. She said, Bill, I think. I said, have you said anything to your family yet? And she said, well, in a way I've kind of said something, but I want you to know. I think it's about time. And it wasn't very long after that when they went home. She was in her own bed. She was there with Robbie and the family. 
And she went home. She went home. There's no doubt in my mind that she's not in heaven. She loved the Lord too much. She believed everything that was in that Bible. She believed every word that that Bible spoke. I could probably tell the family some things that Renee had told me. And we both laugh. They, she, <coughs> she was serious the way she'd bring it. And she said, Bill, I'm not. I said, well, that's a matter of opinion. Renee and I had a very special relationship. I don't know how it formed or how it came out. But she could tell me anything at all and didn't have to worry about it. And she was right. No, Renee was very special. And, she, and when I was talking about these angels, it just brought that to my mind. That's what Renee had said. She said, and Bill, they were huge. And the Bible says they were very large. So they wouldn't have had no problem at all of rolling back a stone. No problem whatsoever. And the women, it said here that the women it went in the tomb, examined the tomb and the burial cloth, clothes, and said, and two men in shining garments approached him and asked, why are you seeking the living among the dead? They didn't see these angels when they first come in. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Or in other words, these angels were saying, what in the world are you doing here? He's not here, he has risen. Didn't he tell you that he would be alive? He told y'all that. But apparently none of the women or any disciples believed what Jesus said or they didn't remember. Then he asked, does it matter if Jesus was alive? You think it makes a difference? You think it makes a difference? if Jesus had not risen. It definitely would have. It definitely would have. Look here what Paul tells us about the importance of Christ's resurrection. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, it says, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Or it's useless. It's no good. If he has not done what he said he would do you would still be in your sins. You'd still be just full of sin. Our sins would still be with us. Our sins would not be gone. You would still be just as you was as though nothing had ever happened. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 4, Paul says something. He says, 
For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Paul said, wait a minute. Now I'm only telling y'all what I was told. How I received it. This is what I received. And I'm repeating to you just exactly what, what I was told. <clears throat> Excuse me. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to to Scripture or according to the very Word of God itself. And how many of you know God cannot lie? What God, Scripture is total, total truth. There is no falseness. There is no lies. It is all truth. God cannot, will not lie. He only knows how to tell the truth. And that, Paul's going on, he says, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to Scripture. See, even Scripture tells us several times, Jesus will rise the third day. That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what Christ did. He arose that third day just like he said he would. Christ's death was necessary for him to pay the penalty for our sins. He had to die to pay the penalty for our sins. He took our place on that cross. Remember, he got on that cross instead of us. We deserved it. But he told the Father, I'll do it for them. I will take their sins. I will put their sins on me. God's forgiveness, whether we believe this or not, or we realize God's forgiveness is not based upon his love for us or his willingness to overlook our mistakes. Well, then what is his love based on? God's forgiveness is based upon Jesus taking all of our sins on himself, then dying in our place. Jesus had to die in our place. He took our sins upon himself and then he died. He took our sins upon himself when he died. Our sins died with him. That's why it was so important for Jesus to take our sins, to get rid of those sins. You know, and Christ's resurrection was very necessary because it proved that God was very pleased with his son's death. His son's death pleased him and what his death had accomplished. It had accomplished everything that Jesus was sent to do. Jesus shed blood, his death, to remove our sins and to give us eternal life. That's why God sent Jesus, to forgive our sins, to cleanse us, so that we could be reconciled back to God. When Jesus took our sins away, we were reconciled back to God because God didn't see our sins. You know what he saw? It said that Jesus traded his righteousness for our sins. He traded his righteousness for our unrighteousness. But he sees his son's righteousness on you. Because Jesus gave you his righteousness and took He took your place. He took your place. Paul tells us that if Christ had not risen then we believe in a death that meant absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
Therefore, we are not forgiven of our sins if Christ had not died and had not risen. You're still just like you always was. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 tells us, listen, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of them that served. What are the first fruits? He became the first fruits. The first fruits. Every man, even Christ that raised, he raised from the dead, they had to die a second time. They had to die a second time. But Christ died and he come back to life, never ever to die again. He is the first man to never have to die again. He was the very first. He was the first fruits. And when we die and we're in Christ, you've got eternal life, you never die again. You'll never die again. You're with Christ God. You're with the Holy Spirit in heaven for all eternity. Not just a few days, a few weeks, a couple years, all eternity, forever and ever and ever, just as long as you want to carry that forever out. It never comes to an end. And think about it. You're going to have a brand new place. It's not going to be this earth. It's going to be a place called the New Jerusalem. It's going to be the new earth. It's going to be a new heaven, new earth that God has created. You say, well, why is he getting rid of this earth? That's what Peter says. That this earth will be burned, burned up with it. Heaven. Sickness, death, and so forth. And I get to thinking, like I'm talking about Renee, she is up there right now with Jesus, never to be sick again, never to know any sorrow, happiness and joy until her family gets right. That's what she's looking for. She's waiting on her loved ones. You know, yes, stone was rolled away, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive forever. Just as he said he would. And all of us who are in Jesus shall also rise from the dead. Bill, are you sure? Well, that's what Paul tells us over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Read that. Read that. And it tells you what's still coming. And now Paul's talking about the rapture of the church. He's talking about the rapture of the church. It says that he will bring back with him those who have died. He's talking about the spirits of those. You know, Paul also said, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Your spirit goes to be with Jesus in heaven. And it's there. But when Jesus comes back to rapture his church, the Bible even tells us he brings those spirits with him. Those that have died. He says, those who are buried shall be resurrected first. 
those spirits that Jesus brought back turn to those bodies coming out of the grave. You're still alive. You will not see death. You'll see a new glorified body. See death, but you will be taken into heaven immediately with everybody else. But you won't see death. Isn't it amazing how God's already got all this figured out? All we have to do is read His Word and believe it. When I say believe it, I mean believe it here in your heart, not up here in your head. God says, I don't want that head stuff. I want it from the heart. I want you to believe from your heart. Yes, like I said a while ago, Jesus has risen, just as he said he would, and we who are in Jesus shall also rise. And just as Jesus said, and as Jesus said to Martha, Martha, do you believe this? Jesus just told her that last rise would be alive again. She said, oh, yes, Lord, in the resurrection. What did Jesus tell Martha? He said, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Uh, you'll, find, you'll find that in what Jesus is telling Martha. one of us in our death we will rise do you realize and I'm going to close with this I'm going to ask the band to come up what you believe in your heart determines where you will spend eternity where are you going to spend eternity where are you going to spend eternity are you going to be in heaven or are you going to be in hell that's the only two choices we got and we have to make them now while you're alive, not later. <clears throat> Most people, right now, so many of them, that's in hell right now. Oh, if I had just lived, listened, if I believed, I wouldn't be here. But it's too late. It's too late. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again? your sins. Do you believe that you, by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to have to make up your mind right now. You've got two choices. Either you believe or you don't. I think you believe. Right now, if you say, Lord, I believe, Lord, forgive me of my sins, Bring me to heaven when I die. You know what's happening right now? Jesus Christ your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's writing your name down right now. And he says, if your name is not written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, you will not see life. So it's, it's up to us. It's our choice. Will we spend eternity? So we have to make up our minds. I hope you make good choices. I hope you make good choices. I am so glad that I said yes to Jesus. I hope you have said yes to Jesus. And to play. If, if, if you need to say yes to Jesus, 
We have an altar down here. Come and get with Jesus and just spend a moment with him. Ask him to give you your sins, to come into your life, to be your Lord, to be your Savior. And he's not going to ask you, well, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? How come you're, you lived like you lived? No. Family, my child. Well, I'm going to ask the band to play. If you have not received Jesus, please. Today would be a great day. If you just need prayer, I'm going to be down front, and I'll be more than glad to anoint you with oil. But don't let this day go by. Don't leave here without Jesus. You've got a long way to go home, honey. I want to see you get there.